everyone, welcome to another episode of the Discovery Do Athlon podcast. I'm Brett Haggard. Thanks for joining us. Today we're speaking about nutrition, uh, fuel, if you are a serious athlete. And uh, today, uh, joining me to speak about that is Jenny Meyer from uh, MME Dietitians. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And yourself, Brett? I'm very, very well, thanks. Are you seeing more and more people get involved in stuff like duathlon and triathlon and people are starting to cycle and do all of this kind of stuff? It seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment that it's just more and more people are getting more active, right? Yes, definitely. I'm seeing a lot of my clients who take an interest in it, starting to get more involved in different activities, doing the warrior races, doing the duathlons. Definitely a trend that seems to be happening. They first have to make sure that they get the basics right because you're starting off slowly. So you don't want to jump into justifying that you can significantly increase your energy intake. So start with your general healthy eating, go back to having less processed foods, less refined foods, and stick to just good quality wholesome diet. Because even though it's important what you're having during the run and immediately before, you still have to get your day-to-day eating and structure correct too. Another big question, and this is something that seems to have like taken over Twitter and the internet and general popular discussion at the moment around nutrition is a complete elimination of carbohydrates and now everybody's starting to eat fats and a low carb high fat regime and paleo and all of this other yeah. stuff. Um, in, in your experience, A, does it work and B, is it sustainable long term? So definitely not sustainable on a long term basis. And in terms of how you're implementing it, you don't want to do anything too extreme. So limiting the sugars and the sugary foods and the refined carbohydrates and the cool drinks is definitely a positive, but you don't have to go to the extreme of limiting all of your whole grains. So if you stick to your more natural options, things like your mealies and your sweet potato and your brown rice and quinoa and legumes, they all add a lot of benefit. And your carbohydrates are still your main source of fuel for the body and still the main source of fuel for the brain. So they should still be incorporated as part of a healthy, balanced diet. It's probably also true that now that you're doing a bit of an ex- you know, exercise, you, you don't have a license to eat what the hell you want, Definitely. right? So this is the other big thing. And that's always important to remember because people start exercising. And for some people, they find it a motivation to eat more healthily. But for other people, they justify that they can get away with more treats. Your energy requirements will increase. So your body does need more fuel as you start to increase in your exercise and activity. But you still want to get a balanced, healthy diet in. And another big one is also getting your meal structure right. So having regular meals, make sure you have your breakfast, lunch, and supper every day, and healthy snacks in between. Doesn't have to be a second meal, but it could be a fruit or yogurt. But keeping your meal structure correct ensures that it keeps your blood sugar levels correct. And that's key in terms of appetite control, controlling energy levels. I'm gonna bring up a couple of myths here. I brought up the one so far, the one fairly controversial topic in terms of LCHF. But another is, is it a great idea to power down like six bowls of pasta the night before an event? Look, what you've got to remember is your body can actually only store so much glycogen. So once it's reached that capacity, 
the rest you're just going to end up feeling sluggish and uncomfortable and possibly risk at increasing the inflammation on in your body All if right. you're overloaded with too much sugary foods okay so simple answer top up on the carbohydrates the few days before just two days before even make sure you're incorporating some wholesome carbohydrates so up a bit on the pastas or sweet potatoes or some high fiber bread but you don't have to significantly increase the volumes that you're going to be eating before you run okay great do we need to top up with energy inside an event um, and and when is it appropriate to do so if we need to so general guidelines suggest if you're exercising for more than one and a half to two hours then your body needs to top up with additional carbohydrates so if you're doing a half an hour exercise session a half an hour event you can have a decent meal beforehand and then look at recovering afterwards, but during the event, water will be fine. As soon as you're doing longer distances, then I'd suggest to start topping, topping up and try and go for more quick release options. So there, if you have some sports drinks with some water, or some people like to go for a few jelly babies, or a few people go for some boiled potatoes, you've got to have tested that before and see what works sure. for you. But with that, I would look at trying to start topping up within the first hour, because if you leave it until you get to the 90 minutes or the two hours, you might find your glycogen stores are depleted, and then you end up crashing and it's hard to recover from that. All right, yeah, because it, your body needs time to process yeah. the sugars. So, right? so, and it doesn't have to be excessive amounts, but just topping up and also making sure you're hydrating every hour or so, every 45 minutes, top up with a small amount of the carbohydrates in the form of the food or a drink. And then the last question yeah. um, around exercise specifically is is recovery, all right? Um, I know that this is a, a theme in people that take their, their training a little bit more serious. Yes. They want to be able to bounce back really, really quickly so they've got the ability to um, jump straight into the next training session or whatever the case is. Um, what kind of uh, stuff is 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 good to take from a recovery perspective and obviously we're tending towards more natural unprocessed stuff so yes. so and i know there's a bunch of stuff that you can take that that is like off the shelf and not a supplement it's it's an everyday food stuff right yeah best where you can try and recover with actual food is always good what's important is to try and have something to eat within about half an hour or so of finishing the event right. and in that meal or in that snack you want to try and have some form of carbohydrate so that you replace your glycogen stores. But with that, you're also wanting to try and incorporate some protein. Okay. So what's quite popular that some people use just as a simple recovery snack are your low-fat chocolate milks. Okay. Because that's got a good combination of carbohydrate and some protein with that. And it tastes good. Yeah, absolutely. You want some, you want some reward after, after you've been exercising. And then are you seeing athletes and, and you know people that are just getting more active starting to shrug off all of the processed um, goos and energy bars and, and gels and Definitely. drinks and stuff like that and go for, and go for options like carrying, um, carrying nuts and maybe some, some dry horse and a couple of pieces of dried fruit and stuff like that while they're, you know, they're exercising. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people are trying to keep the sugars to a minimum especially during the exercise and rather stick to those natural carbohydrates. And is it working? I mean, is the other question, you know? Yeah, people find that their sugar levels are a lot better controlled. Right. So particularly, for example, with the goos, and I found it with clients and personally, they cause such a rapid spike in your sugar levels and then that dip again. Whereas if you're having something that's slightly slower release, but will still give you that quick energy that you need, 
that helps them. They feel a lot better for that too. Okay, interesting. So that's possibly something to consider as well. And then yeah. the other big one is, of course, hydration, right? Absolutely. And uh, we're not just talking about water. We're talking about the ability to put electrolytes into your body yeah. also. So in terms of that, it's really, really easy to go and get a sachet off the shelf and bomb that in your water. But if somebody's looking to do something from a more natural perspective, what would they possibly combine inside, inside their hydration? Well, there some people. I know some people put like a tablespoon of salt and yeah, there's all that's kinds what I was of interesting say. stuff. There yeah? you would need to look at possibly taking something like a magnesium supplement beforehand, which is very right. um, very common, and then also looking at the salts. And you can take salt tablets too, so you can naturally do that, or something like a sports rehydrate, okay. which is quite common and a lot of people find that that benefits them particularly when they're exercising on really hot days okay fantastic so. fantastic so there we go a whole bunch of stuff to think about jenny thank you very very That's much for your time Brett. thanks for having me okay let's talk about the next important element and this is going to be your muscles and your body and how comfortable you are on the day. Joining me to speak about that is Mogi Naidu from Mogi Naidu Biokinetics Practice. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And yourself, Brett? I'm well, thanks. I'm well, thanks. So the big day is almost upon us. Uh, you've got uh, a bunch of people that potentially haven't done this kind of event before. Um, I would assume one of the most important things to ensuring that you have a good event is uh, doing things like stretching and that kind of stuff beforehand, making sure you stretch after the event to make sure there's no muscle stiffness involved. And then at the same time, just kind of knowing, knowing your body well enough to not go into any form of injury or any form of pain while you're doing the event, right? Precisely. Um, I think it's very important that any person who is going to do a duathlon does consult uh, with the doctor to see that they are 100% fine to take on such an event. Um, more so is that um, they've got to be physically fit, uh, ideally to know where they are in terms of fitness. Um, and I mean, it's just from a basic point of view. Um, once they know how fit they are, then they can schedule around you know, their training program. But yes, as you mentioned, stretching is a very important part of, of training. Um, and that would include a warm up with stretches. Um, and some cardio, as well as cool down with your stretches and, and a cardio workout. So as, as you can see, those are important components of any training program. Right. Does duathlon itself add any complexity in terms of it being a run, cycle, run? Or, or you, know, you know, for that matter, just generally mixing two disciplines like running and cycling. Is there anything specific people should be looking out for? Is there any specific uh, extra toll it takes on the body? I think uh, it would take a toll on the legs, uh, most especially. So, you know, your legs should be strong enough. Uh, strength is an important component when doing a duathlon. Um, and yes, the, with the fact that it's a run cycle run, uh, I think you have to be in tune with your body. Um, when looking at, uh, you know, the training, um, as I mentioned, your legs have to be strong. Um, so yes, it, it, it depends on the actual training that you're going to be doing. It is going to be specific to the event. Uh, when it comes to um, a duathlon especially, um, and the emphasis on the, on the strength in the legs, you are going to be prone to injuries if you are not um, you know, well uh, warmed up and stretched. Um, so yes, you are going to be prone to injuries. So, so you would say that somebody should have, if they're going to be doing a 25 
kilometer run, they should know what a 2.5 kilometer run feels like. They should Precisely. have at least been through that. Yes. Right? Um, okay. Personally, I, I would I would look at the um, the 2.5 kilometer run, uh, you know, the sprint event, um, as being for those individuals that are looking at speed um, and and a, as a tougher race. Because that's purely speed that they're working sure, on. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, when you're looking at, at that type of an event, you're looking at them working at about 85 to 90 percent of their heart rate uh, max, and that's pushing for actual speed. Um, so that is a tough one. Um, so yes, your training would be centered on, around what, which part of the duathlon you're doing. Um, when looking at the um, endurance, the 10k run, yes, that's going to be an endurance one. Um, so it's going to be a slower slower pace. So when training, you've got to consider all of these things. Suppose also the, the thing with multi-sports is just understanding that there's a lot more to come. So if, you, if, if you're doing, for example, as you noted, the standard distance, um, you're going to be looking at a 10K run, then a 40K cycle, then a 5K run after that. And I suppose that the key to doing that is also making sure that you have enough left in the tank for the 40-kilometer cycle and, more importantly, the 5K run because you don't want to have to uh, you know, run yourself half crazy, cycle yourself half crazy, and then have to walk the last five, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be based purely on pace, pacing sure. yourself throughout. Um, so it is going to be uh, a little bit more hectic on the body. Um, I think it's, it's purely going to be endurance. Um, so that type of training, you know, you, you're going to be looking at, you know, where's where am I going to train, my training zones for that matter. Um, so that would be quite important uh, when doing the uh, standard duathlon. Uh, you, you have to save yourself for the end. All right. Um, in terms of, like, general tips for somebody that hasn't done this kind of event before i've heard people you know speak about tapering and kind of slowing your slowing your pace down um you know is there any wisdom in that at the moment if they are doing the duathlon in this week uh, this week should be building up to resting at least like two days before the event all right um so a lot of rest a lot of hydration Okay. Um, with regards to building up to the race um, and stretching. Um, and it's like a cool down um, so that your body is ready. Um, I think it's a lot of preparation now, mind preparation. All right. Okay. That's really important. Uh, yeah, yeah, to, sure. to the race. So getting yourself to, you know, to get prepared um, from a physical point of view, body wise, as well as mental, as well as preparation for your uh, transitions in a duathlon. Um, you know, the duathlon is going to involve running and being prepared of when you're changing over with the bicycle event um, and then changing over from the bicycle to the running event. Sure. So that transition, you need to be prepared for all of those things. So that should have been part of your training as well. So right. I think this week would be more, more or less a cooli cooling down phase, um, not really pushing yourself uh, and as resting as much as possible. Okay. Take me through some of the stretching people should be looking at doing uh for a run, cycle run, for a duathlon specifically? I mean, what kind of muscle groups should they you know, be looking to stretch? Um, what kind of specific muscles should they be looking to stretch? And maybe you can talk me through some of the nuances of that. Well, when we're looking at the stretches, uh, most importantly with the duathlon, you know, you're working the major muscle groups that we're going to be looking at here is in the legs. So it's your quads and hammies. That's quite important. Your glutes as well um, as, you as your... Um, calf muscles and your lower core. All right. um, so 
you know, when looking at stretches as biokineticists, uh, we stress the importance of static stretching. Okay. So going into a stretch and holding that stretch for at least 30 seconds wow, per okay. muscle group. Right. Um, so that is quite important. It's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, your bouncing movement when it comes to a stretch. And I, I see a lot of runners out there, they just get into a stretch, they bounce into that movement, and that can cause injuries. All right. Um, so yes, static stretching, holding the stretch. Um, as I mentioned, the muscle groups is your quads, um, especially with your cycling event. Um, you're going to be looking at working on your quads and your hamstrings. Uh, so those should be strengthened enough, but stretched, um, you know, regularly. Um, and um, glutes, uh, quite important. All right. So if I could describe to you, you know, the stretches, I don't know whether you'd want me to. So you know, you know, maybe let's let's. Let's look at the following. So one stretch per muscle. So are you looking at a specific stretch for hamstrings, a specific, specific stretch, stretch for... Yes. So, you know, not looking at, at two or three different stretches for every single one of those muscles. One would be more than sufficient? I think one would be more okay, than sufficient, cool. especially if you're going to be holding that stretch. I mean, 30 seconds is the norm, but sure. if you can hold it for a minute, then that would be more beneficial okay, to fantastic. you. fantastic. And then there's, you know, I know there's two schools of thoughts in terms of stretching before an event and stretching after event. I've heard both. I've heard, and I've seen people do both also. I've seen before a run people stretching, and I've seen other people going, no, no, you stretch afterwards to prevent stiffness. So what is the, the uh, your conventional wisdom on this at least, or your opinion on it? Personally, stretching will never hurt you. Okay. So for me, it's like stretch before, stretch after. All right. It's just as important as warm up before, cool down after. So in your warm up, stretching should be an important, should be part of that training during your warm up, and then stretching should be part of that cool down um, as you as you you know doing that. So I would say before and after, it's not going to hurt you. All right. And then probably an event, just uh, you know, kind of speaking about warm ups for a sec. Um, don't just gun it straight off the line, all right? Give yourself a little bit of time to kind of ease into the fact that, you know, uh, you're not doing this event. You know, allow your body to do a little bit of adjustment, allow your heart rate to generally rise instead of going from a resting heart rate to absolute panic, panic. right? Oh, oh, yes. I mean, you're going to be gradually getting into the event uh, because you've got to get comfortable and then pick up your paces as to, you know, the need. I mean, you're going to get your hills, you're going to get your downhills, and then you've got to pace yourself accordingly. Um, so just as well, and important as part of your training, which you've already done so far, that would have all been part of your training. Um, you know, trying sprints up, up hills for that matter as well, um, just to get a practice on it. Um, sure. So, yeah, it's just about, you know, pacing yourself, um, I think. Uh, don't, don't really go into it because, yes, if once you do get into it, then suddenly you're prone to injuries and you can very easily pull something, okay. I mean, a muscle. So I suppose that's, you know, that's also the last little piece of final wisdom is just to kind of be in tune with your body. If you start feeling any real pain at any point in time, it's your body telling you that it's, it's taking a bit of strain in one or another muscle and you should either slow down or, or stop, right? Uh, precisely. Okay. Uh, your body is, is, is the one that is going to be running you through the entire event. So it's what your body is telling you, and that's how you're going to be doing the event. Um, so, you know, just as important as in uh, with training, um, your body will tell you when you're overtrained. So it's going to let you know um, that you overtrained and, you know what, slow down, because sure. you're not going to get the benefits um, from your training program, if you think, God, I'm going to push myself, 
because there will be no benefits. Your body's just going to go into shutdown. Sure. So it's important, you know, to pace yourself, listen to your body. Uh, if there's niggles, yes, um, look into it. Slow down. Stop if it needs to be. But your body will tell you. Okay, fantastic. Mogi Nadi, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> thank you.